Friday the 23rd of June 2017. I am your host for this episode, Josh Crow, and I apologise for my recent absence. I have been away on holiday uh, down the coast. It was absolutely lovely. It was very expensive and somewhat fattening, actually, as I discovered when I came home and I looked on the scales and saw that I put on half a stone. But apparently I've been told I need to fatten up a little bit. So there you go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I am joined by two very good friends of mine today. We have uh, Mr. Brian Wade. How are you doing, sir? I am excellent, Josh. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Very tired and glad that it's Friday. <laughs> yes. This, this has been a long and arduous week, especially weather-wise, which we'll get to in just a minute. But yeah, it's been it's been a long one for me, a long and tiring, arduous journey. Um, and we have another special guest this week. I believe it is your first time... Is it your first time on the show, I guess? Uh, it's um, Mr. Dave Cox, pre- presenter of the Monster, Dear Monster and Crouching Tiger Hidden podcast. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great. Super stoked to be here. Yeah, yeah it's my first time. It is your first time. I thought it, it was, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I couldn't remember sort of hearing an episode with you on it. So, yeah, it's, it's good to get you on at long last. So, I think now we... Yeah, the whole, uh, the whole crew have been on now. For, yeah, I was... Uh, Monster I was about to say, monster. yeah, we had you all on. Oh, fantastic, that's good. That's good. Yeah, sweet. Um, well, I suppose we should um, get to the, the customary weather section. Because I haven't been on for a little while, I'm going to start because, Jesus Christ, has it been hot this week. <laughs> it has been insanely hot. In fact, I was particularly annoyed today because it was so hot this week that I because we've been working the early shift this week so we start work at 6 in the morning and we've had to get up really really early for that and I've been getting virtually no sleep every night because it's so hot so I ordered a fan off of Amazon which didn't turn up until today one of the coldest days of the week like cheers (laughs) cheers for that you've given me a fan on the day where I don't need it thank you very much I appreciate that but yeah it's been so incredibly hot i mean it wasn't too bad yesterday but monday tuesday and wednesday we just there was just no air at all it just felt so claustrophobic and suffocating so trying to get to sleep in that and because i'm from the uk one of the things that we like to do the most is moan about the weather so i have been moaning about the weather because it's just it's in my nature to do so because we don't have a typically hot climate over here so when the sun does make an appearance and it does get warm just like when the snow comes out, the whole country just grinds to a halt and we just, we can't handle it. We just melt instantly. And yeah, it has been incredibly difficult <laughs> this week, but I'm hoping it's not going to be like this next week. But yeah, Jesus Christ, I have suffered a lot this week. But enough about me. Brian, what's it been like for you? Uh, it's been pretty hot all week, but today it was rainy and dreary. So pretty fun. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some rain. I mean, I've I've got no problem with the rain anyway. I'm one of those people. Winter is more my season in this country because I just prefer to look at the world when it's sort of bleak and wet 
and everything. I don't know why. I think that just speaks more to my personality. Basically, I like to live my life in a typo negative album. That's essentially what I've... <laughs> or maybe like a Nine Inch Nails album. I haven't quite decided yet. But one of those two, I just basically like to live my life in one of those. So, yeah. But, um, Dave, what's it been like for you? It's It's been bad, y'all. <laughs> it's just super hot. Super uh, hot. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like to think of today. Um... The high today is 112, so I think that's 44 degrees uh, Celsius. 44. It's been 32 over here. We've been suffering. Yeah, I'll 30. trade you. <laughs> it's really hot. And um, just, yeah, but we're Dave, just going to move some Arizona, cars right? around. Yeah, we're, I'm in Phoenix. It's a, so it's a dry it's heat, right? Uh, well, I just says. came back from Illinois, <laughs> so i've been able to compare the two and uh yeah i prefer the dry heat but not when it's 112 degrees yeah right yeah like well, almost like 90 like degrees and humid over mm-hmm. 115 and dry yeah yeah it was uh it was 120 when i came back um Ugh. from my road trip and uh my ac was good the entire way till like the last 10 minutes um and it's the fan just quit mm. uh and I'm glad it was only 10 minutes from the house because I, we would have died. It was so bad. You roll down the windows and it's like having a, you know, like a blow dryer in your face cranked on high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think I'll leave that one. That means 44. So it's been 32 over here and we've just, <laughs> I'm surprised I'm still here to actually do this, to be honest. I thought it was going to deflate at some point. It's been crazy. So, like I said, we just we don't know how to handle it over here. Yeah. Oh, I don't go outside. It's it's you can cook an egg on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I could not handle that. Forty-four. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Nope. All the nopes. No. Um. Right then. Well, I suppose we should better get on to the news. There hasn't been that much news this week. We were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, I suppose, to try and actually find a few bits and pieces of news but there's one that i only saw about an hour and a half maybe two hours ago from the time of recording which is that um the call of duty modern warfare remastered is getting the standalone release uh next week actually it comes out next week um 27th i believe um i don't know if either of you guys are interested in this i mean i i picked it up with the um special edition of infinite warfare last year so uh, from a personal standpoint, I'm quite interested to see because nowhere I've read has actually told me if you picked up that version, if that means you are you automatically own it or whether you have to buy it again, which would kind of annoy me if I'd have to buy it again considering I had to pay £70 for the special edition anyway. So if I was to have to buy that again, I mean I've sold it on now but I think I could re-download it and then it would hopefully unlock anyway but i can't really see anything to back that up so i'm just i'm hoping that more details get released in like the next sort of few days or or something but how do you guys feel about this uh you know i like modern warfare like i'm not a huge call of duty guy in general but modern warfare is a pretty good game Mm. um i'm not gonna pay 40 dollars for a remastered version of modern warfare yeah no, I that don't. apparently also doesn't include the map pack for the multiplayer, which no, seems a little bonkers. Yeah, that does seem a little bit bonkers, but it's it's the way it's always been with Call of Duty. 
It's, yeah, I mean, it's just an Activision thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, so I was always more of a, a Modern Warfare 2 kind of guy. Modern Warfare 2 is is one of my favorite Call of Duties. And after that, I think Black Ops was the last one I played that I really enjoyed. And after that, I just sort of went steadily downhill. And Infinite Warfare was pretty middle-of-the-road, bog-standard stuff. I only really bought it just to get the remastered version of Modern Warfare. Because Infinite mm-hmm. Warfare was just your usual stuff but i mean i played both of them after having just come off the back of titanfall 2 last year so both of them seemed a bit sort of this is boring you know why can't i run along walls and like i don't know get a titan this is this you know just give me that but i don't know titanfall 2 has has a tendency to um tarnish one's opinions of first person shooters much like doom really those two have that kind of tendency but uh dave how do you feel about this um, yeah, I didn't really play these too much, but I do remember when they released um, the bundle that everyone was uh, a little bit upset that you couldn't buy it independently, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't want to maybe shell out for the the full thing and only wanted the uh, remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's cool that they're doing it um, standalone, but I imagine you'd probably have to buy it separately again. Mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like that's just a the sound business model from the business side of things versus the consumer side. Yeah, it it would definitely seem that way. Um, I can't believe that they'd actually say that anybody who's already got it would properly have it, but I mean, I can understand why they would have bundled it in with Infinite Warfare because we all know that if they were to just release them separately, Infinite Warfare just would not sell. Um, no, yeah. it, it would have yeah. been very embarrassing for them to have Modern Warfare Remastered to outsell Infinite Warfare. I think, yeah, from I think, a business perspective, yeah, I think it would have been definitely embarrassing for them, considering how much time and effort and money would have been put into Infinite Warfare to just completely flop next to a game that is much older and, frankly, much better than it anyway. You know, that's been sort of given a new lick of paint and whatnot. So it would be embarrassing. I can appreciate why they chose not to do it, but. Obviously, we're talking from the consumer side where it's all very cut and dry and they're talking from the business side of it where they need to think about their own sort of, I don't know, their own business interests. So I can I can appreciate that. But if if I do have to pay for it again, I did play through it um, just to sort of, I don't know, reconnect with it and remind myself just how good it is. I played through it once and if I have to pay for it again... I'm not prepared to do that. So if it's free, then yeah, cool. Certainly, I'd, I'll play through it many times. But if I have to pay for it again, I'm sorry, but you, you ain't getting my money. So <laughs> yeah, no chance. Um, the uh, other other things that we've got, um, Atari is apparently making a new console. I have put in the show notes. Will it have teraflops? Who knows? Just because <laughs> I only really put that because. The word teraflop is very funny to me. It is a hilarious word. Yeah, I, I genu- How many flops it got? I know. I genuinely <laughs> cannot accept that as a genuine word. I, I, ref- <laughs> I refuse to believe that as a word that we can use unironically in a, like a press conference. Seriously. I just... No, I, I outright refuse to believe it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's... I don't really know anything about it. I only heard this this morning um so i don't quite know why they're doing it considering they haven't released a console for it's about 20 odd years or something like that 
So, and to release a console in this day and age when you, you've got Microsoft and Sony, I mean, Nintendo generally just sort of go off and do their own thing, which is fine. You know, we all appreciate them just doing what Nintendo do. But if you're going up against the two biggest competitors, you don't stand a chance unless you've got something truly groundbreaking. And I hate to say it, but I don't really think Atari have got the oomph to do that. You know, I mean, so Atari consoles of the kind of little cult classics where it's just, you know, everybody can appreciate certain games that came out on these systems. But I don't really think if they were to release it as a proper mainstream product that it would do very well. So I don't really know what they're hoping to achieve with this. But I mean, I personally, I wish them all the best because it just, there must be some spark within them perhaps for whatever maybe it's e3 that set them off maybe it's just i don't know they just wanted to try and put their foot back in the door of the market or something i have no idea but whatever it turns out to be i will certainly be keeping an eye on it um i doubt very much i'll be buying one because christ knows the last thing i need in my life is another games console um (laughs) but uh i hope it does well for them but we'll we will see We'll see. How do either you guys feel about it? Uh, I have very low hopes for this. Yeah. I don't expect anything, anything major or groundbreaking to come out of it. Um, also, like Atari is basically not the same company, mm. like in the slightest as it was mm. when it was like a video game, a real video game developer and mm. console manufacturer. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what, 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 what even like nostalgia value is there? Hmm. in the Atari name at this point, honestly. Yeah. I mean, so maybe 15, 20 years ago, you would have had the nostalgia factor, but I think in this day and age now, most people have just forgotten about Atari, really, apart from like the serious hardcore who collect those old machines, like the 2600 and whatnot. But unless, you know, you really care about Atari, you're not really going to bat an eyelid at this news i expect which is which is a shame because like i said i would like them to actually come out with a product that does sell well and does well for them as a company but i mean even when they sort of stopped doing hardware and concentrated on the software most of the software that they released wasn't up to par really i mean a lot of the um uh sort of the film license stuff that they did uh, I'm looking at you into the Matrix. Uh, wasn't very, <laughs> wasn't very good. And that, that's coming from a man who was extraordinarily hyped for Into the Matrix. I had my eye on that so much. And then I, I remember when it came out, and I remember um, spending ages because I didn't even have the internet in my house at that point. I remember spending ages down the library using their internet trying to find cheats to unlock Neo via the hacking mini game that they had. Um, so and just to just come to the sudden realization that the game was actually a bit poo so you know but that's that was probably the last game they published that i played and it's not like i miss it or anything so yeah we'll see only time will tell but hopefully they'll do well but we never know so i mean dave have you got any thoughts on this one or Mm, uh, yeah my concern is their controller as long as they don't you know repeat the <laughs> fiasco of the jaguar uh, oh my god that's, you no. know that's fine by me <laughs> oh man oh, i i remembered uh 
playing those in um i don't even remember the stupid toy store now but uh there's a little shop in the mall um that used to have uh jaguar set up and you could play like aliens versus predator or one of their other like two titles um i mean it, it was it was cool but it sort of felt like the proto uh dreamcast controller just with way way too many buttons um yeah i don't know uh, i'd be excited a, a little bit uh, some cautious um uh, looking forward to uh, one of my my first PC was uh, Atari ST, so uh, a lot of fun memories with um, game gaming on that. Anyway, uh, but you know, they had the the Jaguar came out. And I was like, well, I'm already kind of you know down with uh, the PlayStation at that point, so it was uh, wasn't really a, a thing I was looking into getting, and the the price was exorbitant, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've never once spoken to a person who was overly enthusiastic about a piece of Atari hardware. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's probably plenty of people out there who were, slash are, enthusiastic about their hardware, and more power to those people. But, yeah, like I said, I don't need another machine clogging up my TV stand, so (laughs) I I have enough as it is, so... I wish them all the best and I'll certainly be keeping my eye on how well it does just out of pure interest to see how an Atari piece of hardware would go down in this day and age given how they have such retro status um, to just sort of, I don't know, see if they can possibly fill the tiniest gap in the market that there might be for it. I don't know. Like I said, only time will tell. Um, Next item on this is something that was covered last week but because I wasn't on last week I just wanted to give I don't know my two cents on this because it's about Hitman and you all know how much I like talking about <laughs> Hitman because it's one of the best games of last year and you should all play it please not for my benefit but for the benefit of IO Interactive because now they have decided they're choosing to go independent I could not be any happier for them and it doesn't matter what they do i will buy their product day one hands down hitman impressed me that much that i'm definitely totally down for just anything that they choose to do um and seeing as now the tutorial part of episode one is currently free just it's free come on who doesn't like free stuff we all like free stuff so just give it a try please i will as I said on Twitter the other day, I will buy everybody a copy. I mean, I won't, but I will buy everybody a copy of it just so that they can play it because it's so good. The, just the gameplay of it is so much fun and the sense of humor in that game is one that genuinely makes me laugh without sort of feeling slightly awkward or anything. It's just the way that they choose to convey their humor by letting you just sort of discover it through interactions with the world and the NPCs just completely and utterly kills me so i will not stop recommending hitman until basically every single person i know has tried it and then i could actually sort of rest easy and and good about slightly (laughs) slightly more satisfied that i've done my bit to help out a company who made a genuinely decent product that was a shame to see that it didn't sell that well because although everybody was pessimistic towards the episodic format that they're choosing to take it really played to the strengths of it because even games like Blood Money were kind of, you could have theoretically sort of seen those levels being released in episodic format and kind of having the same impact as this one. 
So obviously, then we had Absolution, which I'm a I completely admit I'm an apologist for Absolution anyway. So because Hitman is one of my favorite series of all time, um, but to see them just come back with a spectacular return to form in the eyes of everybody else because of how they felt about Absolution to just have it pretty much just die on its ass apparently but it was another sad case of a game that was everybody who I spoke to who had played it agreed that it was an incredible game but it just didn't sell so sometimes even word of mouth just isn't enough to actually boost the sales or something and especially when it's something this good that genuinely deserves people's attention it just, I can't emphasize it enough it just it really is an astonishing game and it, it looks beautiful it runs smoothly um, just all the challenges it gives you forces you to think outside the box um, and it just it brings back the the puzzle elements to what made Hitman so good is when you're in a situation um, and you can just sort of stand there and figure it out for yourself or even just like create the situation yourself by just experimenting it offers you everything you need to just experiment and have fun with it and oh seriously just just play it <laughs> it's just so good <sighs> i'll stop that now because i will go on this entire episode about it otherwise um but the only other thing we've got on this list, um, Brian, I'll hand it over to you, is because it's the Steam Summer Sale. So That's right, the Steam Summer Sale started, guys. That's, <laughs> that's all we need to say about it, really. Go buy some video games for super cheap. I'm sure most of the people listening to this who game on their PC probably already have, to be fair. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they already know about it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard to avoid it. Yeah, and they'll probably be crying about how much money they don't have now, I expect. So. <laughs> the, um, th- there's a little list, I think, on the... Uh... The website link and it has um some pretty uh, pretty good classics space quest king's quest loom um actually i played all of those games on the atari st uh plug the atari ask ST. Me about loom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you play loom ask me about it what about loom <laughs> no did, uh, from uh from what was that monkey island the pirate with the with the pin wearing the pin in the the bar or whatever that, that said ask me about loom yeah, yeah. They, well, I mean, they were tying all their games in. Joke. That was the whole thing it's... I was doing. I was just referencing <laughs> Sorry, that. It's been, it's been too long, man. I don't know. I'm gonna go get some grog, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in. I, I mean... Yeah, they've got a. I, I actually, did, for some reason, Polygon has two different uh, posts about the Steam Summer Sale being live. Um, and this list has a bunch of like newer games that are on sale. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, so we got stuff like uh, Shadow, Shadow of Mordor. Actually, this this surprised me. Shadow of Mordor is selling for four dollars on Steam right now. Oh, that's well worth it. Four dollars is incredible. That's a steal for that game. I, you know, I I own that game on PS on PS4, mm-hmm. and uh, when I saw it was four dollars on Steam, I added it to my cart. And then when I went to check out after I was done adding stuff to my cart, I was like, eh, you know, I'm good, and I just removed it from my cart. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, even for four bucks, that is that's incredible. Because that that game, even just for the Nemesis system, four bucks just to witness the Nemesis system in action is is more than worth it. It really is. I mean, so the story is instantly forgettable. Even I, as a real fan of that sort of that universe, did not pay a single bit of attention to the story at all. Which will, funnily enough, come up in a game that I will be talking about in a bit. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but. Um, 
just for that gameplay. Although, yeah, it does ape stuff like Batman and Assassin's Creed, but it just feels so good to, in your hands. It just feels so fluid and so natural. Um, and obviously, if you're going to rip off a, a combat system, why not rip off one of the best? You know, I mean, it's a solid combat system, and it looks like the new Spider-Man is using a similar system to that as well. So, why not? I mean, you put a combat system that solid in your game, I'm down for it. So, but yeah, four four bucks is just bargain, absolute bargain. Yeah, uh, if you if you haven't played that game, you, you just probably spend four dollars. Yeah, yeah, especially as it's four bucks. It means I think it was on PS Plus. Not too long ago, so some of you out there might already have it. Um, but if you do, just, just get on that and, and play it because it's it's really good. Um, right, I think we're about done with the news, um, so we should get into what we've been playing. Before we get into that, I just wanted to do a quick check in from my own side of E3 because obviously, while all the E3 shows um, happened, I was away on holiday, so I didn't really get a chance to. I don't know, have an input as to to what was going on. And I hadn't actually, because we were staying in a place that didn't have a stable internet connection, I just had to kind of check in with announcements in the, the morning and in the evening of every day. So I didn't actually get to watch the conferences until we got home. But I have now watched them all and caught up with them all. Um, and I, I have to say, overall, E3 this year seemed a bit kind of bland. Um, it, it wasn't really too much that came out of it that was inspiring a few things that stuck out to me God of War looks absolutely fantastic I'm so super psyched for that game looks just incredible um, the new Spider-Man game also looks fantastic um, good to see it actually sort of running and obviously what we saw was very scripted but just to show it running in engine and I like the way that they've made Spider-Man look I like the aesthetic of him and everything I think that's that's really cool um, but so that stood out to me um, what else stood out to me there was a few other things um, Forza stood out to me although the whole stuff with the the car for the Microsoft conference don't get that at all d- alright fine cool whatever if you want to tie it into that cool um, but Forza just does look really nice um, there's some other stuff on the Microsoft show. I think Microsoft probably had whew, the best conference in terms of an actual what I would deem a conference to be because the Sony conference just seemed to be a bit sort of flat and didn't really have that much life to it, which to me is all right because Sony have just been killing it with the exclusive games like this year, so. I didn't really want them to do too much because just I'm happy with what they've given me anyway. So to just see certain things, just yeah, that's cool. But you know, whatever. I'm not really that fast. Um, I think these probably the standout game for me was Wolfenstein Two because that just looks batshit crazy. That game looks absolutely phenomenal, and I really enjoyed the first one. Um, and so to just see that they're actually able to to bring it back was just yeah i'm really really looking forward to that so i don't want to get too deep into the e3 stuff because you know we've done all our e3 shows i just wanted to very quickly sort of give my opinion and say certain things that were that stood out to me um so i thought the ea conference was just pretty piss poor um (laughs) apart from a way out um anthem looks all right i suppose uh, Star Wars looks pretty good. Um, 
a lot of people were saying that they really liked um, like the, the Star Wars part. I personally felt it did feel slightly awkward, but I think I might be in the minority on that one. Um, so most people seem to to really um, buy into how it was handled and everything, and it was certain it was a lot better than everybody else's conferences. But to me, it did kind of seem a, just a little bit forced. But I mean, so I enjoyed it regardless. It just that's just how it felt to me. Um, uh, what else did we have? I think uh, the Dishonored DLC was looks all right, I suppose. You know, I mean, I've I haven't gone back to Dishonored since I finished it, so but I'll probably pick this up, I suppose. Um, Evil Within Two looks all right. Um, the first one was kind of one of those games where it was all right at the start, really good in the middle pretty terrible at the end but i enjoyed it enough to be willing to give them a second chance to actually sort of improve themselves because i did think that there was there was a lot of good ideas in there um i'm just hoping that this one is able to kind of elaborate on them and not just i don't know stick to the same formula it looks like they're going down the right path to just take that ball and run with it in a good way rather than just i don't know saying well this seemed to work in the last game so we'll just stick with it um i do hope they kind of mix up the combat slightly because the combat did get a bit boring to me in the first game but yeah um other than that um there's some of the the indie games in the microsoft show as well uh finally getting a release date for cuphead i mean i'm a i'm a latecomer to appreciating cuphead anyway because i didn't get my xbox one until last year so it wasn't until I actually got it that's when I started to pay attention to everything that Microsoft was, and their sort of their developer sort of family unit was working on, um, and so Cuphead was one that really stood out to me because of the art style. Um, I, I'm a big big fan of that sort of that very old cartoon art style. It just really really speaks to me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, there was another one. Uh, was it the last night as well? I'm not going to get into the controversy about that because I don't want to get all negative. I don't believe that. It is important to talk about, but that's I don't want to bring the show down with talking about that. You know, just go and look it up. Draw your own conclusions. It's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion. From a point of view of what the game itself looked like, I thought it looked incredible um, and was definitely one of the standout moments from E3, personally. It's completely... I mean, so I was I was sitting there enjoying the Microsoft conference, but when this came on, I sat bolt upright and thought, "What is this? This looks incredible!" Just the art style looked it made it look like um, sort of very Blade Runner esque, and and I'm all about that anyway. So when I saw a game that was kind of like Blade Runner, like I just it just looks really really good. Um, so I just hope that everything else that's happened doesn't tarnish the game too much because i feel like the game itself as an objective piece of software should be given a chance but that's just my own personal opinion um yeah but said so i would leave it at that for all the e3 stuff but so i just wanted to just have a quick check-in and um just sort of point out a few things that really spoke to me um you know what josh sorry what about what about mario's hat 
Oh, Mario's hat does. Yeah, that does look pretty cool. <laughs> that does look pretty. Yeah, I mean, I can't stop thinking about how insane that game is going to be. Just like, yeah. it, it, just at random moments throughout the day, I'm just like, man, that game is fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, so that I I don't really own any Nintendo consoles. I I always back Nintendo anyway, just because I think it's important to support a company that goes its own way. Because obviously, we've got just Microsoft and Sony just competing against each other which is absolutely fine because you know competition brings out the best in in companies as as we all know so just to just know that we've got these two battling it out doing what they want to do and then we've got Nintendo that just come out with all these quirky little ideas and you're thinking you've got all these indie games on the other two systems that can also have their quirky ideas and then you look at Mario and you think I don't know what planet you're on but that looks like one fun planet because that just, yeah, that that game does look wicked, and I'm, I really hope that it's it turns out to be as good as it looks when it comes out. Because I reckon people are going to have a lot, a lot of fun with that for a long time. So we'll just have to. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the most excited I've been about a Mario game in a long time. Yeah, I think uh, you're probably part of quite a vast group of people to to be of that opinion as well. Because. Uh, Mario games, from what I can tell, are very hit and miss nowadays. You generally get sort of one good one and then a couple of bad ones, and then you know it just it depends on what system it comes out on and and everything. So I mean, I haven't really played a Mario game since Galaxy, but you know it's just because I've got you know countless other games to play. I've just picked up um, after watching the Sony conference. I just picked up Shadow of the Colossus on PS2 as well because I wanted to play the original. <laughs> I decided that if I was actually going to go ahead and play it for the first time, there are certain games where it depends on the game itself. Um, So when I played Dark Souls 2, the first time I played it was on... It was Scholar of the First Sin. Sometimes, particularly if it's kind of like a cult classic, I try to play the original just because I feel like it's important to engage with the original and experience it how everybody else would have experienced it on day of release because i feel like that's for a cult classic it kind of deserves that kind of level of respect um and i wouldn't necessarily say dark souls 2 is a cult classic obviously people absolutely love that game i absolutely love that game i really really enjoyed that game but i don't really think it has the same status as shadow of the colossus which is you know which is fair enough so I didn't feel bad for not playing Dark Souls 2 vanilla and just going straight to Scholar. Whereas this, I would feel like I would be doing the game itself a disservice if I just waited for the PS4 release and then just played that version. Because I'm going to play that version anyway for comparison purposes because of all the controversy that's been surrounding it. But I would prefer to go to the original first, get my impressions from that, and then actually go to the the complete remake of it and then see the differences there it'd be it'd be the same if they actually did did possibly do a uh, demon souls remaster i would want to play the original first then go and play the remastered version just because i feel like that game has kind of like a more of a, a cult status than any of the other ones um and so I would prefer to go back and actually experience it as it was, if you see what, see what I mean, rather than just sort of... Because they might smooth things over and um, change certain mechanics 
a model like they did with Scala, um, which is fine. But uh, a game like Demon Souls, I feel, deserves the original to be played. But yeah, so <sighs> right. Well, I have been talking for quite a long time now, <laughs> so we'll actually I just want to let you get all your E3 thoughts out. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. So just there wasn't too much of E3 that I really sort of drew out as being stuff that really appealed to me but there were a few things that did stand out to me so i just wanted to just have my input there before we get started but so i will stop talking for a little while now and dave seeing as you're the guest and seeing as i know you've um you've just started this and you i believe you said something about this being your possible game of the year so i want you to tell me about torment ties of numenera yes um yeah this totally i, I feel that it's equal to or surpassing uh, near automata as far as uh, my my pick for the at least this uh, part of the year um uh, the game itself is uh, a strategy rpg and it has that isometric view from uh, like fallout like the original mm-hmm. and um basically what you're doing is you're in this it's a spin-off or not a spin-off it's a sequel to um planescape torment mm-hmm. um, yeah and uh you are the is your call your character's called the the uh last cast off and mm-hmm. basically there's this immortal god that's going around and um he's called the changing god he his immortality his, his immortality is gained via um creating these uh sort of a simulcra, like a homunculus. Mm-hmm. And he'll live in a body for 10 to 20 years and then just make a new body. And that's how he is immortal. He just basically keeps making new bodies for himself. But the um, the key thing is when he leaves a body, it doesn't just die. It ends up um, gaining its own consciousness and is sort of his child. Mm-hmm. So you're basically running around trying to figure out where this god has gone and why like i guess the purpose of your existence because they they come into consciousness fully formed like as an adult but there's no no real back history that they draw from they just have like sort of scattered memories from past lives um the i think the the cool thing about this is it has a lot of that pathos and sort of dreary world setting i mean all these characters that you run into, um, they you know they go to the, about their daily lives, but all the little side quests and NPCs you talk to, you can see how your actions and and doing the conversations uh, change their lives for better or worse. But generally, for worse, I guess it's that same uh, parallel, I guess to to near where. Mm-hmm you'll do the side quests and you're thinking, Oh, I'm helping this person out. And then you end up like making their life worse for them. Uh, even though you think you're doing a good thing. Um, as far as like the combat goes, it's not, a, it's a core part of the game, but you can kind of through dialogue, try to avoid that. Um, it's, it's turn based and, I don't know. Uh, the combat itself isn't like the greatest draw. You're basically using um, three pools of uh, statistics. So you have like might, speed, and intellect. 
and each one has a certain um, value uh, depending on your your class or the class of your um, the group members. Like you'll have two might and maybe ten intelligence, so you're geared more towards sorceries. Uh, but the neat thing is that pool is used for combat and for out out of combat um, situations. Like say you're you're talking to someone and you'll be able to like persuade them or bluff them, and you'll you'll use up points from your intelligence pool to accomplish that action. And the more points you spend will give you like an increased um, percentage to succeed in that. You know, it's a behind the scenes role that it, the game does. But those points don't replenish afterwards. So if you get pulled into a combat situation, you might be stuck with like, oh, I have three intelligence points and all of my spells require me to use those. So you could have, uh, if you successfully or unsuccessfully um, did these actions, you could be stuck with like almost no um, pulls for your skills uh, during the combat. Uh, I think probably the coolest thing is the interactions and this is a text heavy and dialogue heavy game it um there's a lot of spoken dialogue which is nice and the the voice acting's um it's really good um but the characters are all like really quirky um one of the guys i ran into um in the beginning of the game uh he he joins your party but you find him because he's standing next to like this crashed airship and he's He's glowing, and no one else that you've run across is just giant golden glow. So, you know, I walked up to him, and uh, it, it, it does a little dialogue prompt, and you're like, "Oh, you know, how did you did you come out of that crash? How did you survive?" And um, he, the little prompt, he'll, you'll ask him about that, and he's like, "Ask me how I survived. Ask me how I survived." And uh, you you click that little prompt, and he's like, "Backflips. I backflipped down the cliff." <laughs> and it's it's just so like bizarre um and when you when you first form your character there's a, a few different character classes the one i picked had um a starting trait that you could select and it was uh i think it's like uh read minds or or surface thoughts or something i oh, know it's scan thoughts so I th- that would probably completely change my opinion on this game is because when I'm talking to any of the characters or interacting with anybody, it gives me a little extra dialogue of a line of thought that that character has. So you get insight into what choices you might want to make for the dialogue. Um, but with this with this glowing guy um, in, in particular, uh, I'll have to go back through as another character because it's giving me like his inside thoughts but they're not his it's like it's he has a symbiote or something there's two other voices in his head that are that are saying i think uh like an example was it, it go across them like bold letters and say um talk about the backflips and then little there's a little voice that says don't talk about the backflips and so it <laughs> it does that a lot you know where you're getting all this extra um context for the characters um but that guy in particular i don't know he was just really it was really fun um you go into like the codex and there's a lot of entries and you, if you like doing that kind of lower trawl, um, there's a lot there. Uh, with that guy in particular, it says um, that he uh, he's like a heroic individual and just really believes in himself. And the more that he believes that he's a hero or that other people think he's a hero, he gets stronger. But when you ever doubt him or um, you can... So since you're reading his thoughts, you can say that in the dialogue. Oh, I heard, you know, I heard you think this or something and 
he'll doubt himself and then he'll start to like the glow will go away and he'll look old so mm-hmm. he's sort of like a Don Quixote figure mm-hmm. where he's cooler than or I mean, he thinks he's cooler than he is but the more that he thinks that the actually the better that he is mm-hmm. um, I don't know it's little touches like that uh, it's a lot of fun and all the characters are kind of damaged in their own way um, like I said it's not the combat's there I try to avoid it uh there's, I guess, my issues would be those the lot of loading screens and the areas that you go to are fairly small, so you'll encounter those pretty often. You might hit like 30, 40 seconds uh, between areas, and that can kind of be a little bit taxing. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, frame rate issues. Um, I'm, I'm playing this on the PS4, so I don't know if the uh, PC version suffers the same fate. Um, hmm. Probably not. Uh, hmm. This is on both the Steam sale and uh, has a PlayStation Plus um, sale. I think it's like twenty nine ninety nine, which is good because it's like forty percent off right now. Um, it's I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but, yeah, I had no and idea that this guys, game would come out on console. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It did um, February, I think. Okay, that's longer ago than I thought. I just assumed and, that you were playing on PC. Yeah, I thought it was more recent than that, but hmm. But I have heard um, quite good opinions. It, it might have been, um, maybe just in the last three months. I know it came out pretty recently, and I, I think I had no. It had to have been February. I, I had my eye on it, and then I think something else came out. So I just, you know, I'm only going to spend sixty bucks on one game, not <laughs> not like three games. Man, I wish I had that level of reserve. <laughs> it's, um... uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I bought other stuff too. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but, but so this that... was on sale, so I figured oh, I'd give it a go. I see. Isn't it? If it's on sale, then it's a must, isn't it? That's what I find for most stuff. If it's on sale, it's basically a guaranteed purchase right there and then. But um, yeah, I have heard good things about this. I probably will check out at some point. But again, as I say, every episode I'm on, it's the backlog. Um, it just it never leaves me, and it never will. So it's one of those that I've got my eye on, <clears throat> but it's um. It's not high on my list of priorities, but I do intend to play it. Because, um, I mean, I was quite surprised to hear that this is kind of, or at least speculatively in your own mind, overtaken Nier as your sort of your game of the year. Because, I mean, that is, again, I'm yet to play that as well, but that's a game that I can see being on, well, number one on quite a few game of the year lists this year, to be honest. I would probably be willing to put money on that at some point. Um, so it's quite interesting to see that this that hasn't got yeah so it's just it's quite interesting to hear um, that a game that hasn't actually got as much word of mouth praise has over or is starting to overtake in your head a game that has got seemingly a lot of love um, from what I can tell I mean basically everybody I have seen who has played near is absolutely in love with it and so like i said i haven't played it myself yet but i'm really looking forward to actually digging into that and seeing just what all the fuss is about with all the the different endings and everything but it's it is quite interesting to hear that um such a a, a smaller game is really got the clout to kind of actually come up and knock it off the top spot for you so is there any particular reason why or there's like a particular point where you thought to yourself 
that this is why I consider this to be, at least at the time being, my game of the year. Yeah, um, that's actually a pretty specific point. So, near the long game is good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not to detract from the individual pieces, but it's when taken as a whole, uh, it's it's superior. Uh, once you get all the endings and once you kind of see what the story's doing, I mean, you could really, you could play just the first ending and have gotten the game. Mm, yeah. um, but it's it's only, a, you know, it's a small part of the, the sum of its parts. Um, but the feeling I think that you get from getting all the endings and seeing what's going on and just realizing like the full impact of the storytelling, um, that feeling I think was delivered in a short, concise package um within easily within like the first hour of um numenera like mm-hmm. that what i got from near i was getting immediately like in drip feed from um torment tides of numenera hmm. interesting yeah so the because i haven't really i've heard a few people talk about it but so not enough to really gauge a, a reasonable opinion on why it's being considered this good um, I mean, so the, as memory serves, the only other person I've really heard talk about this game is uh, Sean Bell from Computer Game Show in Midnight Resistance. He's the only other person I can think of off the top of my head who's really shouting about this game as much as you are. But then he also yeah. did shout about Nia quite a lot as well. So it's just interesting to see. Yeah. Um, no one's playing it. Um, when I'm looking at the achievements on the PSN, uh, the game's been out for a while, and just like eight hours in, the few trophies I have are all like twelve percent, twenty five percent, and they're just story progression trophies. They're not, you know, have done something crazy. Hmm, yeah. So no one's just, just no one's playing it. So they, you know, that's why we're not hearing about it. Yeah. Which is a shame because uh, I'll, I'll trump it right now. It's a great game. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't doubt it. It'd be interesting to see what it is like. I mean. I've I've never played Planescape or anything. Is that integral to actually playing this, or is it just it's not related? I guess uh, it is. I think this is like almost a direct sequel. Um, it's dealing with a lot of the same. Uh, I don't know if characters because everyone's so long lived. They're they're literally talking about oh you know, centuries ago I did this. So yeah, I think it it ties in. Um, quite well i also haven't i haven't played planescape i remember when it came out but um i wasn't really doing a lot of pc gaming back then mm-hmm. um i don't feel that i'm missing out on anything uh playing this independently right okay so it's not absolutely essential to play the first one because i imagine going back to play the first one now would be quite a jarring experience so it's just i suppose it's quite good to know that you could probably jump into this one and not have to worry too much about really knowing who is who and why they are who they are and what they are and everything so that's just it's quite good to know that because i think it's it's the same with near as well as you don't necessarily yeah no it's exactly the same i mean it just enhances the experience Mm. um understanding you know there's these small cameos but they mean a lot more to you uh, once you uh play the first near Mm. that said uh, the first Planescape game, Planescape Torment, uh, is a must-play just on its own merits. Right. Because it is one of the best games ever, and it is probably the best-written game story ever. Yeah, Isn't... I mean, that's that's the feeling I get 
um, just reading through uh, the story in this and mm-hmm. um, the NPCs, just their little, in, you know, their little contained self-contained stories are really well done. Um, I could totally see um, that I, given the chance, I'd probably go uh, check Planescape Torment out. And conveniently, they just did a remastered version of it recently. So if you're interested, <laughs> it's new and available. Is that on Good Old Games, is it? Uh, I believe it's on Good Old Games. I think the remastered version is even on Steam as well. Oh, right. Okay. So, I mean, uh, I've got Steam on a Mac, so there's no point in me even checking it half the time because it's just, oh, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> it's exactly the same stuff as it was two years ago. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, but I will play it at some point. It's just it's another one of those. I'll get to it at some point. I mean, so I have played about, I guess, an hour of near. Um Really enjoyed what I played. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. But it's another one of those, just like pretty much every other game I own, where it has to be the only game I play for a considerable amount of time. Because I feel like it's not. It's definitely not one of those games you can just dip in and out of, because it's because there's so much going on seemingly with all the endings and everything. I I do appreciate that once you actually finish it for the first time, it gets quicker and quicker as you gain all the other endings. But I feel like. I'd have to sit there and properly ingest it for the the true mighty product that it is rather than just oh yeah I'll just I'll play it tomorrow and I'll play it next week at some point so but again it's just time and everything um and I will actually take one of mine now because time is I bought Wipeout last week and I played that for I don't know about an hour quite enjoyed it of what I played of it but there is a game that I seemingly keep going back to I don't really know why because apart from the combat there's not that much to it that I really enjoy but I have actually been playing The Surge um, <laughs> so yeah more Surge content yes definitely um, because I said to myself when this first came out that I wouldn't pick it up unless I could find it for 20 quid. And I did find it for 20 quid because uh, somebody I work with, um, he bought it and just decided that he actually didn't really like it that much. So he offered it to me at a discounted price before choosing to sell it somewhere else, which I thought was quite nice of him. So I took him up on the offer. Um, so I picked it up for 20 quid and gave it a go. Give it a quick go at first just to see if I could get into it. I thought that it was it was all right, but I thought you know it's one of those I'm going to have to sort of sit here and try and figure stuff out, and rather than just sort of playing it for half an hour, so I managed to sort of sit there and put a couple of hours into it and getting the hang of the the controls and the mechanics and everything. And so I think with this kind of game, I I said I've been saying to myself all week when I talk about this game on the show, trying not to bring up Dark Souls when talking about it. I'm going to have to here it's not for comparison purposes it's purely just to say that when it comes to this kind of game Dark Souls has trained me well in terms of how to approach this kind of game and the combat and what to expect from enemy behavior to a certain extent obviously it's different kind of enemy in this game I completely appreciate that it's you can't just take one singular Dark Souls game and say well that's it because I know how the enemies react in this game it's going to be the same for everything because that's evidently that's not the case never would be that's fine but it's taught me how to 
reads enemy attack patterns and when is best to attack and when is best to evade um and sort of you know try to pick out because obviously this is one of those kind of like monster hunter where you can pick out a certain part when you lock on to an enemy and sort of actually dismember that particular part so you can gain upgrades for your rig and and your weapons and everything um so just trying to sort of sit there and figure that out would have been a lot harder if i hadn't played any dark souls games but because i have that was quite easy to get over what i am struggling with in this game is trying to understand simple little systems in it which i had today where um the health system i just did not understand the implant system and how that was reflective of the health that you have on the screen and it wasn't until a couple of people on twitter including cliff um actually sort of explained it to me and it made me feel like <laughs> a bit of an idiot because it is such an obvious thing and now it's been explained to me and they go, oh yeah well of course that does make sense because you know because of this and this and this but I feel like this game doesn't really explain things to you that well. Um, explains things enough for you to be able to get on with it, but the the kind of the little f- f- I don't know finicky little details, it just doesn't really go into it that much because I I had noticed basically the issue was when I played the game uh, was it yesterday I had um, six health recovery injections. Um, that I could use and then today when I played it I had sort of messed around with the implant the implant slightly and it, that got reduced to three and I thought because I I knew that there was a way of stacking it I just didn't understand how the, the stacking of the health injectables implants works so I knew that I could stack it but I just assumed that um, it would have to be just different slots and then basically depending on how many injectables you choose to install out of the eight that you have once you reach a particular level that would then count to how many you can actually use but what it is is you have different uh color variations of health injectables so and they they all stack on top of each other's um relevant color so green will stack on top of green blue will stack on top of blue and such and such and then you can actually access the other health items using the d-pad i did not know that and so that is where the issue came in because i was struggling so much to determine why i only had three health items instead of my regular six and i could not for the life of me figure that out so i had to put a call out on twitter i tried to actually google it which didn't really explain it that much as you know because the internet can't be helpful every time um <laughs> so i had to yeah just ask the community for help which is it's quite handy that we have this this community that we have because i feel like in some communities if i asked this question i'd feel a lot worse about it than i actually do i mean i felt like an idiot but that's only because it was something so blatantly obvious that it was definitely just an issue on my part and not the game's fault um but once it was explained to me, it made a lot of sense. So now I can actually take that in mind and and progress through the game. In terms of the act, the game itself, the story 
don't bother asking me about the story because I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. I do not care about the story in this game at all, which I found particularly interesting, uh, considering the fact I am playing this just coming off the back of Prey, uh, where I played Prey for the story and for the world and the world building and the environmental storytelling, but I could not stand the combat. In The Surge, I find I don't care about the story one little bit, the combat I do find quite satisfying. Just the way that the the combat feels weighty enough for you to actually feel like you are impacting these machines with your weapons. But not too cumbersome. It doesn't feel too slow. It feels a lot better and a lot more refined than Lords of the Fallen, which did feel very, very slow. Um, I swear, every single episode that you're on, you're going to call out Lords of the Fallen, just so, yeah. so we know if Richard's listening. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably will do every single every single time I'm on it. The ironic thing is, I actually do kind of like Lords of the Fallen. I I slate that game a lot, but I do actually kind of like it. I'm not saying that it's in like the same league as anything else, but I do kind of have an affection for it i think the affection i have for it is more towards the aesthetic of it just because to me it's kind of like just being in a metal album cover which is <laughs> it's quite cool for me that that's quite cool but the combat does not feel half as satisfying as it does in the search because it feels a lot smoother a lot more fluid a lot faster um and you feel like you are more in control of what you are able to do whereas in lords of the fallen you didn't because it was their first attempt at it. I mean, I appreciate because that was their first attempt. They sometimes it can take, you know, just getting one game out there to learn from, and then you can refine those things in like your next game that you choose to release. And I feel like this is definitely the case with the surge, where although they're still not very good at telling a story, but the combat, which is basically the meeting. Yeah, it's pretty much the meat of the game is the combat. I'd say. I mean, the story does not have any interest to in me at all. Um, so it's just because it's the nature of this kind of combat is they know that people are going to buy this because it's it's a Dark Souls clone. I hate I hate that sort of term, but <laughs> it always gets brought up. So every time I say it now, I will say it with that monotone voice because that's exactly how I feel it should be said. Because I'm getting a bit sick of this. Oh, it's the Dark Souls of this. Oh, just whatever. Um, but because of the nature of the combat, I feel like it definitely needed to be refined. And now they've actually put that extra time in. I feel like I will probably. I don't. I'm not even halfway through Lords of the Fallen. Whereas I can definitely see myself actually pushing this forward to finish it. Because it doesn't seem to matter what I play at the moment. Is I just want to go back and play it. Because it's just... To me, it's just fun to play. On the moment-to-moment basis. Although, one thing I will say. Is the one thing in this game that has killed me the most. Is fucking falling off of stuff. <laughs> Seriously. Falling off of stuff has killed me more than any enemy I have faced so far in this game. To the point How where... How far are you? Um, I um, I've done the second boss. Uh, was it something? Okay, so you're 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 in the like uh, the bio lab area. Uh, yeah, I've just been wandering around the greenhouse area. Yeah, that's uh, that is where I was falling off of stuff all the time too. So I feel you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it was the the sewer part just before that, it was, because the not all of those um, platforms have like railings, and um, because it it didn't help that I was playing it during the day when there was sunlight coming in and actually sort of distorting my view of the TV. So that certainly didn't help as well. And then because it was hot, I was getting annoyed because I was falling off of stuff. But the more annoyed I was getting, the more I was falling off of stuff. So in the end, and there was a couple of times where, because it, I think my PlayStation must have known that I was getting annoyed because I was hot, because I think it overheated and the game actually crashed on me four times that day. So, and it's thus the only day it's ever crashed on me in all the days I've I've played it. So it must have known that something was up. Um, but yeah, the, some enemies do just sort of come out of nowhere around corners and just completely take me out because I've just been concentrate on trying to get to an area and they just completely yeah, they're, uh, yeah. Their, their screams are pretty terrifying yeah yeah the screams are pretty yeah they're, they're pretty terrifying and those things just I don't know they're, they're very sneaky in terms of where they've actually chosen to place them because there have been quite a few times where I genuinely didn't think there was going to be anything around a particular corner and lo and behold there was something that just decided to jump out and completely obliterate me um so, but even those people haven't like killed me as much as just fallen off stuff. It's, that was a problem I had in uh, Dark Souls as well. It's just I seem to just in these kinds of games just fall off stuff for just shit clumsiness or lack of concentration on my part. I haven't got a clue, but it just I seem to be a magnet for just falling off of stuff in these games. But whatever. Um, yeah, but so the. I'm quite enjoying the combat and how you're able to pick certain parts of enemies to actually dismember to get these upgrades. I think that's that's pretty cool, and I'm I'm quite enjoying that. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really know what what else I can actually say about it. Really, that hasn't already been said. Um, uh, I think the bosses are all right. Well, um, that second I, boss really pissed me off. Yeah, that second boss was a bit of a like. Come on, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me. I has a guess. So maybe eleven or twelve tries. I think that took me. Um, I think it was just. It got to a stage where I could do phase one every time, no problem. It was yep. just. Fa- <laughs> it was just phase two phase that got two me. Was fucking furious. Yeah, furious. yeah. Phase two is just. Like, Ah, oh, I I know what to do because I've actually been close to doing it. It's just being able to actually do it. Um, yeah, but I've I found that the bosses in Lords of the Fallen were pretty simple, but just very time consuming because it doesn't really seem to matter what weapon you have equipped. You just don't really do that much damage. So, and because the bosses themselves tended to move quite slowly is you had plenty of time in hand to examine and study their attack patterns. So then you could actually, by the time you figured out like the best time to attack, you'd only been like doing the boss, like it might've been your second or third run. And then you had their attack patterns down and it was basically just follow the same pattern and gradually take their health off, which I appreciate, you know, that some souls bosses have that as well. But, I don't know, it just felt very slow and very cumbersome and just quite claustrophobic. Whereas, at least the Surge, although the bosses may be infuriating, at least they're kind of 
the actual fights themselves, once you've worked out what to do, I found that the actual fights themselves are over pretty quickly. Although the second mm-hmm. boss was quite infuriating, when it came to actually doing the boss fight, I guess it took me about four minutes, whereas some of the, the bosses in Lords of the Fallen took me a good sort of 20 minutes to do. Through no real sort of difficulty, it was just purely waiting for a time to attack because it just it was just so slow um there was these ones they definitely seem to have actually ramped up the difficulty but also ramped up the ability to take them out as well because their weak points are actually quite weak and when if you can hit those weak points you can do quite a a decent amount of damage which i feel is is really good um i've heard that there's not that many bosses in this game i don't how many is there exactly uh, you I know, I don't know. I, I haven't finished it. So, six bosses was it? Uh, uh, yeah, I believe that's what Cliff, Cliff was saying. Yeah. Um, oh, how are you getting on with the? Uh, they had this in Lords of the Fallen too, but the the alternate way to defeat the boss, which would give you like the the better version of their boss weapon. Are you doing any of that? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's I a also thing. didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> it's it was a big thing in uh, Lords. It, it made a, a large difference in the stats that you'd get from the weapon but um same thing with the surge you'll get the the i guess b version of whatever their uh weapon that they drop is and um i think that it just uh, powers it up no no i genuinely had no idea that you could do that i thought it was just hit it until it dies basically yeah, <laughs> yeah and yeah. i and I, I do think in both cases that it makes the boss fights a little bit more well quite a bit more challenging just because of what you're being asked to do to mm. uh to meet those um qualifications yeah so, uh, i had not heard i'm surprised that hasn't come up on twitter actually unless it hasn't i just missed uh, it but... i don't yeah people wouldn't talk about it too much um yeah. Cliff uh, made a, made a point of it and was attempting to do so on one of the Twitch feeds he was doing, mm. um, and I, I I don't think I don't think it lasted too long. Is it is it tense? Yeah, well, I mean, I remember because yeah. he he reviewed this and he was really beating the drum for it hard at the time of release. So, I when I said to myself that it would have to be a reduced price before. I'd be willing to give it a go. When that price came up, I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, um, I'll plunge in on this and actually give it the the benefit of the doubt." Um, and I'm glad I have because, despite, I don't really feel that much of a connection to the world as such. It's, it seems like quite Mad Max like in terms of, like just the the desert world and everything. But I don't really have that much of a connection to it. It doesn't really. I only really go exploring simply just. I don't know, just to see... I go exploring more to find more enemies to kill to get more tech scrap so I can upgrade. I don't really feel the need to go exploring just to explore the world because I don't really care about the world. It's just basically just trying to find something to fight because I I do enjoy the combat in the game. So this is, like I said earlier, coming off the back of Prey where these two have been basically polar opposites and to be able to play them almost sort of one after the other has been quite an interesting experience for me and not one that I think I've had before where I've enjoyed one game for one particular thing and hated it for something else but I've had the exact opposite with the very next game I've played so this has been very interesting for me to actually every time I get home from work I want to put the surge on but I want to put it on because I enjoy just fighting stuff nothing else in the game appeals to me really 
Um, so, like I said, I don't care about the story. Um, the upgrade system, I do it because it's there and because I can. But I haven't really put any time or any thought or effort into it. It's just because I know that because it's it's an RPG sort of thing. You know, the more you upgrade, you know, the stronger you get, and the more things you get and whatnot. So I just I do that as part of a necessity of just going through this kind of game. But I don't really feel the need to grind too much just to actually sort of try and get ahead a bit because everything seems to be manageable. So it's it's quite nice to just come home and put on a game where I'm the sole reason I'm putting it on is because I enjoy just the moment to moment gameplay rather than just actually sort of putting the game down leaving for work or something and just thinking about the story all day don't get me wrong I thoroughly enjoy doing that I did that all through Prey is just went to work and thought oh I wonder what this character is going to do and oh I wonder how this character got to be this way and whatnot. and that's that's also fun but it's also good to just have one of those games where you just come home and you play it just because you want something to do that's just fun you don't have to pay attention to it too much apart from when you meet the harder enemies um, you just play it because you enjoy playing it not for any particular reason other than just when you have that controller in your hand and you're pushing buttons and that's actually been quite nice for me so yeah so I just wanted to get my opinions out there because I know that quite a few people in our community have actually played it and have recommended it and so I thought I I was willing to, to trust all of their, their judgments and give it a go and I'm glad I did because I have found quite a sweet little game um, just for a reason that I wasn't quite expecting, I suppose. Um, yeah, but so that's enough about that. Um, so, uh, Brian, why don't you tell me about Monolith? Did you play this last week? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know if it was last week, but I've, I, I've, I've talked about it at least once before on the podcast. Uh, um, one I heard you mention it before, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I may have uh, mentioned it in passing last week because it is a it is another of the, uh, you know, the roguelikes that I play all the time. Yeah. Um, surprising no one. Nope. Uh, so this is a. Uh, since I've talked about this a little bit more, I, what I specifically want to talk about this time was I've never really been into like bullet hell games. Um, not for like not for lack of interest, just because I'm not very good at them mostly. And the bosses in this game are like super bullet helly, and it's like I feel like like it, it's one of those weird things where like when when you play a game a lot, like you can kind of feel yourself getting better at it. Hmm. And that is 100% what is happening for me with Monolith right now. Like, I, I, I've gone from, like, flubbing, like, the bosses. So, in Monolith, you start with 10 health. And when I first started playing this game, I would uh, I would go into a boss with, like, 9 or 10 health uh, and leave the boss chamber with, like, 2 or 3 health. And now I'm to the point where I'm losing, like, I'm getting hit, like, maybe once or twice per boss fight, at least for the early earlier ones. Um, and so that, that it's just been like this really weird thing where like, I'm like, I am not good at bullet hell games and I've never been very good at them, but so I, I'm, I'm slowly getting better. Like, and it's, it's kind of cool to like gain that skill, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, and, that... uh, hmm. I've really heard that. Dave, I know, uh, I know, I know you've got Cinemora on your list coming up, which is at least a, a shooter. I don't know if it's necessarily bullet hell, but. Yeah, it's not it's not bullet helly 
as as much. Um, I know that there's been a couple of games that have popped up uh, this last week. I don't know the name of it now. It's like oh, is that uh, Pax something? Ne- uh, next ma- twin stick machina. Next machina, isn't it? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one actually looks really cool. And the music sounds mm. excellent. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people um, talking sugar about that game this week. A lot, a lot of people. So, yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't really seen much about it, but I did see that Giant Bomb did a quick look of it, mm-hmm. and I had clicked on it, but mm. had to record a podcast. So I only, yeah, um, I mean, just pull up the trailer on that one um, when you, you get the chance, and just the music is great. That that uh, that seals the deal for me on that kind of game uh, most times. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I only checked out the screenshots on the store, but it looks pretty hectic. I must say, I mean, I haven't played a, a bullet hell game for. Oh, oh, I couldn't even tell you. It's been that long. I could not even begin to actually put like a, a length of time on it. But um, I've heard a lot of people actually saying that this is like proper serious game of year material. So, yeah, it looks pretty great. Just looking at as well. Um, yeah. yeah, the uh, Josh you were talking about with the surge, uh, how like you kind of sometimes you kind of just want a game that like lets you kind of zone out and not yeah. think too much. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that kind of happens for me a little bit with Monolith, mm. where it's not like it's 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 less zoning out and more just like slipping into like a like a like a few sort of yeah. <laughs> where I don't I don't I don't quite realize what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, and I think that's I think that. I, I wonder if maybe that's like the secret to being halfway decent at a bullet hell game is you, you stop, you stop reacting and start anticipating, I guess it's, it's got to be because those games typically do get very frantic and very busy. So if you could just sort of sit there and play it as kind of like a relaxation game where it's more just you, like you said, anticipating everything because you know how to handle it. Then I suppose yeah. that that does speak to your level of skill that you've actually reached with said game. But yeah, there's there's definitely. Yeah, I, I'm be still not there. very good. I still haven't beaten Monolith. I've never like finished like finished a run, uh, w- like won the game or whatever. But uh, it is like I, it's it's definitely like I, I I'm in that level where I'm like started starting to feel myself get a little bit better at it, hmm. and that's that, that that feels pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it's another one I'll probably check out at some point. But um, I want to check out that next uh, Machina though, because that that does look really, really good. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks bonkers. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, this is a genre of game that I'm not too familiar with. It's not that I don't like it. It's just um, it's not never really been my like one of my biggest genres I've engaged with. So um, it would have to be something kind of truly special for me to actually want to leave everything else that i've got queued up and play that one specific thing but if opinions about next machina keep flying around like they have been i might well be tempted to be fair so yeah uh i think you know what i'll probably just go pick it up uh, after this and i'll i'll send you some uh twitter impressions <laughs> excellent good man good man yeah i appreciate that but yeah i mean that's that's about all i have to say about monolith that's just figured i'd check in on that yep because that's enough. what I've been playing this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Dave, why don't you tell me about Friday the 13th? Because I've heard some, pardon the pun, some horror stories about this. <laughs> so. um, yeah, well, I'm, I am I just picked this up uh, two days ago. Uh, I, I, I probably sunk in about 
two hours, maybe. I don't know. I bought Torment like right at the same time and mistakenly started playing that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Friday the 13th, uh, they put the patches out. I think it's out on both uh, the PS4 and Xbox. So yeah, it had a shaky launch um, of uh, maybe like three weeks where mm. it just was the the launch or the day one patches weren't enough. Um, I just hear, yeah, I heard the same thing, horror stories on um, people just not being able to connect. I'm playing on the PS4, haven't had any issues um, when I've uh, logged in for matches. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's no single player. It's literally, it's just team-based death match, basically. Um, yeah, uh, this game, I think, plays best with, uh, a, like, a team of friends. Um, it's, there's a lot of voice chat going on, which was, you can mute it. Um, but since you're basically, you know, eight counselors trying to survive, you know, Jason's onslaught without um, some kind of coordination, uh, the maps are large enough and the goals you need to accomplish are varied enough that I, it does, does the team a disservice um, if there's no uh, voice chat. Um, I didn't have my headset plugged in when I was playing. Uh, I could kind of get the the gist of what was going on. It definitely has a, a sharper learning curve. Um, as as once you die in during the match, and it's uh, I want to say it's they're a little bit long. It's like twenty minutes of enforced um, time. So you have to survive for twenty minutes and not get murdered by Jason. And once you're once you're dead, that's it. You're just stuck as a spectator. Um, there's a, a couple mechanics, um, that they put in there where if one of the counselors finds a radio and can call in, um, uh, Tommy Jarvis, what mm-hmm. that does is it randomly will pick one of the spectators that's died to resurrect, um, as another character. And he has a, um, a one round <laughs> shotgun that, uh, if you hit Jason with it, you'll get a couple seconds of reprieve. It knocks him down. Um, basically, it's like a trump card uh, that you want to use when everyone's kind of set to escape. Hmm. So you you, you you can sit there and try to just run away from Jason for 20 minutes. That's pretty tough. Um, or there's little, there's like a, a boat or a couple different cars uh, that if you gather a like, um, I think for the car you need the keys uh a i don't know it's like a spark plug or something and then the um the gasoline so those items are scattered out in throughout the cabins and you have to just kind of hope you find it or one of the players other players finds it so that's where i think that coordination comes in so if someone picks up the keys and someone has the gas um with no voice chat you have no idea um, if someone has those and um, when you're trying to, you know, put the gas in the car, there's like little um, quick time events. So it's not just to walk up and, you know, press the thing and the gas is in the car. You have to sit there for like, I don't know, it can be 30 seconds. Um, but when you're doing that, I think the player playing Jason is alerted um, to someone trying to escape so he can kind of beeline toward whoever's doing that. And, you know, you, there's there's very limited options of fighting him off. He's He's pretty pretty strong Mm. uh i don't know it's a lot of fun um but during the time i played i played like six or seven matches um uh, maybe not that much five five six matches they're they're lengthy um i i didn't 
it's a random role of whoever of the nine people playing gets to be Jason and you can put like a preference to pick counselor or Jason, but I don't, I don't know what the odds are of actually rolling and starting as Jason. I didn't mm. get to do that yet. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll definitely, you know, play some more and hopefully, you know, get to roll around as Jason. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a little bit more fun <laughs> than just <laughs> running away the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, all the, uh, the death animations are pretty unique. Um, so as you're playing and gain experience via either killing the counselors or escaping or fending them off, you get, doing little actions will um, get you experience points. And that'll permanently like level you up. And as you level, it unlocks other versions of Jason or other counselors that you can pick. And each of them have different uh, statistics. There's like six stats that people have, that the counselors have that it kind of just gives a default, um, like one of them's better repairing equipment that's broken and one of them's better hiding or things like that. Um, And so you get like sort of perk points that you can spend that's on a random roll that will give you um, a different like talent. Uh, I believe uh, one of the ones that I rolled up was, uh, you know, my my father's a police officer. They have like little descriptive names on there. But if you equip that trait uh, onto your counselor that you're using, uh, it'll do like 5% faster for the police to arrive. It's like little little things like that. It might give you better stamina for sprinting or something. So, you know, the more you play, the, the more challenging, I guess, um, it becomes for both to, to be killed as a, a counselor or to attack Ms. Jason. You unlock... I think there's like 20 different um, instant death moves. You know, if he grabs you, it's kind of over and you he'll, you know, he'll do some sort of context kill or maybe uh, a lot of them are from directly from the movies. The, I think that's the one thing that's really cool about this is the, the team that made this game. I mean, they obviously love the franchise a lot. So uh, this, everything from the settings to like the specific looks of Jason and the counselors, um, they did, they did a really good job. Uh, the counselors are a little bit goofy. Like <laughs> whatever they, whatever their character models sometimes are, they glitch out. I know one guy was running around um, when I was spectating. He was just screaming the entire time, so his eyes were like bugging out, and he was just had his like his jaw was just hanging open. I don't think it was supposed to do that because it was like five minutes of him just going ah, oh. <laughs> you know. It was uh, it's fun. Um, it's just as fun to do the spectating, um, especially when there's commentary. So some people are. Uh, you know, I bet if uh, there could be a group out there that's probably role playing it, you know, pretending mm. to be the counselors might be a little bit more fun. But mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to play this game um, with other people that, oh, it's a, you know, friends that you know and uh, I think have at it. It's a little bit more fun than just some some randos out there. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's good, and um, I don't know if I can pull myself away from. Uh, torment long enough to, to play uh, some more Friday the 13th uh, maybe this mm. weekend or something mm. so do, with all the stuff you mentioned does it feel well balanced in terms of when you're playing um, Jason I mean I suppose because you haven't played I don't Jason know I couldn't yet. play Jason yeah so I suppose yeah you can't really comment to that but I mean from, I suppose from the perspective of being part of the team would you say that it feels balanced from like what you've seen Jason can do via other people playing him but i mean i don't know how much you could comment on that exactly but it um well no i i got a pretty good feel of being a new player versus being as you know a seasoned person playing this game there's specific 
um, tactics that they're employing that it, going into this cold, it's a steep learning curve, I guess is what I want to say. Um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing or what the controls were. I mean, I glanced over them, but uh, I know my first match, I died in like a minute. And then a couple matches later, I, you know, when I figured out what I was doing and what the objectives were, it, it, it tells you in the side um, of the screen what your objectives are and which ones have been cleared. So um, the balancing on that from that side is, is good. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference between a level one or a level three character versus someone that's, you know, level 20 or 30. Um, their traits are just better. They can break away from like grabs, but going into the game cold, um, if you're not surviving very long and not really winning any matches, uh, you're not going to be getting those experience points as to level up. And I think that's probably um, tougher. So mm. You definitely, um, it benefits from being part of a good team. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I, I saw uh, one match where the guy playing Jason, uh, it may have been his first time. He, he, he t- took like 10 minutes of, into the match and he had killed two people out of like the eight. And that's, he was just kind of standing around and uh, wasn't doing much. And then on the, it's, it's on the flip side, on the counselors, there was one dude that was playing um tommy jarvis with like the the one uh it's not really a one kill but it's a, the shotgun that can um stun jason for a while he was like running away from jason the whole time and not helping anybody mm-hmm. and he was hiding on um because the whole team's kind of spectating because most people were dead but oh, one of the counselors was um i had uh called in the police and so if you can make your way across the map to there's a uh it's like a bridge that the police are they're, I guess they're they're in the bri- like a covered bridge. They're in there, and if you can make it to the bridge, uh, you, you escape. So I had done that early in the in the in the in the match, but no one was else. No one else was escaping. So when I ran, I just made a beeline and you know made my way there. Um, I was forced into spectating the whole rest of the time till the clock ran out. Um, so I'm sitting there watching the guy you know running around with a shotgun. And I could hear through the chat, one of the other players was, uh, they were both supposed to run together to the, um, the, the, the escape point. And Jason's follow, you know, following him, and he's yelling to the, uh, the guy with the gun. He's like, just shoot him, and we can both run. Be- or he'll, he'll be knocked down for like the 30, not 30 seconds, but the 10 seconds it uh, will take us to get you know, to the safety. But the dude just like runs off and hides under a bed. <laughs> so Jason's just running after and you know catches up and kills the one guy. So there was just a lot of there's definitely a lot of salt um, uh, on the uh, the voice chat in that mm. game <laughs> for sure. What's that? There was salt in an online video game voice chat. I know. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Who would have thought it? You know, a bunch of mature <laughs> players and like a bunch of kids. <laughs> Probably what Jason was saying too. Oh, you kids, mm. get out of my lake. <laughs> I find it kind of funny how. Um, the way that some things play out certainly seems like it, it kind of turns into situations that you could actually imagine in like a kind of a, a slasher horror film. Just oh, because, yeah. Just because of some of like the dumb situations that they've had in films in the past. Like it, that guy just hiding under the bed. Although, yeah, it's a ridiculous, stupid thing to do. You could kind of see that happening in one of the films. And I just like how 
just through naturally playing it, you can actually, I mean, I don't know, obviously we don't know if that was intentional on his part, just for a laugh or whatnot, but... No, I don't think it was. He was trying to hide. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, if he was he trying to hide it, I mean, so some people might have actually done it just, you know, to, well, just whatever, just hide under a bed for a laugh or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah, but it just seems like they've actually kind of created situations that you could see in a film like that, which is quite funny to me. Yeah. No, I mean, they do. You're, you're playing it and it's really weird because your, your instinct is to split up because you can cover more ground and go get all the pieces. But when you're by yourself, he kills you really fast. If you're running in a group, uh, there's a chance that one of you might have a weapon or he has to, you know, he has to pick a target. He can't go after all y'all. So you, you definitely get that. It's like, well, Yes, you're 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 playing the game, and especially when you're spectating, it's like watching the movie. You're like yelling at people, get you know, just go go to the go to the generator, get the thing. <laughs> um, don't don't run off by yourself. Why are you running into the bathroom? And he'll get you. And you know, so it's uh, they definitely, I think, took that into consideration when they were when they're you know building this game. Mm. It uh, it works well. Um, I can see how you know. It could fail just as easily, and as it does, you know, you're not going to get a you know a super fun match every single time. Um, but again, that's where I would uh, put forward that this needs to be um, you know friends playing and uh, just random people. Your the odds of you getting goofballs in there, you know, intentionally or not, is much much mm-hmm. higher. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been thinking, I've been wondering if they'll actually release a, like a free. Um skin dlc thing of uh jason x would be quite funny that would be great they only go up to um eight i think yeah yeah so that's got to be on the cards everybody yeah. knows that's gotta happen it just has to i mean it's a it's a horrible film but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just more maps there's there's three maps in the game and they're you know they're sizable but once you've learned the map the randomization i don't think is um super strong in it and it it could benefit for some, some more polishing and maybe some dlc releases uh down the line yeah i don't know if there's any plans um in the sort of not too distant future so because i don't own it i haven't really thought to look into it so yeah i haven't checked either i, uh, I suppose now that i've purchased the game that uh behooves me to <laughs> see what they're planning for the future and this mm. uh, i prefer this not to go go the way of uh what evolve or whatever it was oh yeah i've got i've got similar yeah. yeah i've got that i picked it up for 12 quid i played it once i haven't played it since yeah so. uh, um i really love the friday the 13th uh, series and um uh, I, I i picked up the box set for the films that i, I definitely want to go through those and maybe uh put those on uh, on the podcast sometime mm. yeah definitely yeah that'd be really good ah cracking alright then but I will um quickly just rattle through mine I played a bit of Wolfenstein but uh, not really enough to actually have a, a proper chat I, I was mainly video, trying that's a good ass video game that, that is a real good video game it really is I was I was kind of hoping if I sort of played a little bit of it um Brian would have had time to play it as well, so we could have like a proper sort of chat about <laughs> I'm it. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. No, obviously you've been busy. It's cool. Um, but saying yeah, but that game is it's seriously fun. It's seriously fun. But I mean, I think it's particularly relevant at the moment to is for it to be fun to shoot Nazis. That's, yes. That's, yeah, yeah. Like that, I said, yeah. It feels real good to shoot a Nazi in 2017. It really does. <laughs> it really does. I, I've never had such a, a a huge grin on my face as I did have shooting all them Nazis. 
It was quite oh fun. Oh my god. So early on in that game when uh, you're sneaking through some Nazi camp or whatever, like some Nazi base, and there's that Nazi that's sleeping, mm-hmm. and then BJ just stabs him from through the mattress and says, wake up, you're dead. <laughs> god, God, that was the best thing that's ever happened in a video game. <laughs> yeah, so good. It's another one that's got quite a, a good sense of humor. Um, and the the music in it is really cool as well. Not just the... I mean, the actual soundtrack is good, but obviously the... Uh, the stuff that was like all the pop songs that were re-recorded yeah. in German, they are really good. That is such a nice touch that they really didn't need to do, but it does help sell the world to you, and it's it's just fantastic um, to just know that they've they've done that because that's because it, it it's something that you kind of do wonder. You think, well, how would this have turned out if if that was the case? So to actually hear kind of like an example of that is is really interesting, and I thought it was just so subtle but brilliant um so yeah i haven't haven't played too much of it but again it's it's fantastic it just feels so good to play um feels smooth and fluid and yeah and it just i just love being in that world it's really fun um but there was there's two games that i played just before i went on holiday one of them was actually a lot shorter than i remember it being but then i think it's just because i don't know the I think I've I've spent more time playing half of the game than I have so actually properly sitting there going through it. But I went back to the Faith Faithful Old PS2 because it's my favourite console ever. I absolutely, I adore that thing to pieces. It has some cracking games on it. I went back and I played one of my favourites, so my own personal favourite first-person shooter of all time. I went back and I played black and man that talk about a fun first person shooter now black so is the good. one where the cover just has a bunch of bullets on it right uh yeah. i don't know that that might be the american one in the, yeah the u.s covers that one okay yeah it, that, that one and gun i get mixed up all the time <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. good names for video games yeah i know it's just it's stellar i, would, I mean over here our cover is just it's basically um i think it might be like an m16 or something that's just it seems to have been shot itself and it's just kind of shattering like glasswood. So that was the cover that we got over here. I didn't actually come to think of, I have seen your cover, but just yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I'm just gonna go ahead and drop this in the in the chat so that you can look at it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so awesome. But it's, that game is just so much fun. It's another one. Story, just pish. Doesn't it doesn't matter at all. It's some usual rubbish about nothing but it's not about the story it's about just getting those guns and just shooting stuff and it's just so much fun it's really interesting to go back and play a game like this that came out before the uh revolutionized controls that call of duty brought to the table because it's it had such an what now feels to me as we all know, like first person shooters to dominate the the triggers for aiming and shooting and everything. I had to spend about half an hour actually customizing the controls to <laughs> to a state that was more in line with what I'm used to. And even then it wasn't perfect, but it was as close to what I could get it as normal. Because they had they had reload on triangle, which is just pff, why would you have reload on triangle? I mean the, there's no jump button, so I just basically had to use because there's no jump in the game anyway. I had to use the X button, which would normally be my jump button, um, as just like the pick up guns sort of thing, interact with stuff. Um, but yeah, I had to spend a good sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, just 
tinkering with the controls because I could not play it any other way now. My brain is so trained to play first-person shooters with at least like a remote semblance of, of those controls that I had to sit there and do it because otherwise I just wasn't going to play it. But it's just it's one of those games I like to go back to. I try to go back to it once a year um, just to remind myself how good it is. It's just, it's right up there with just in my personal opinion the best of the best first person shooters just because you don't need a story in that game it's not it's just it's all about the cinematic feel of just firing guns it's just and it nails it completely i mean the the sound effects for the guns sound absolutely spot on um the impact of stuff like you really feel like you're hitting those enemies with them with the bullets and those enemies are bloody bullet sponges as well man but that's that's all part of the fun and the, just the cinematic element of all the explosions and everything, and they've really sort of nailed the the whole. They've like really pushed the base up for all the um, all the explosions, <coughs> so that um, yeah, it really feels like you're just creating absolute carnage, and it's so much fun, and I love that game. But it, it only took me. I was planning on sort of playing it periodically throughout like the a particular week. But I ended up just finishing it over the weekend. I don't remember it being that short, but yeah, man, the game is just it's so good, and I adore it to pieces. It's just this, it's right up there with like Time Splitters and and all that. Time Splitters too is is another one of just those ultimate first person shooters in my eyes. That just you just can't beat them. Absolutely incredible. Um, but so because I finished that so quickly. I was able to go back. I've been kind of toying with the idea of going back to um, the Splinter Cell series recently because that's another one of my favourite series of all time. Um, so I tried to sort of do one, two, then three, but I find that I'm so used to Chaos Theory now that one and two, as much as I adore those games, the controls and the way that Sam Fisher moves just doesn't feel quite right to me. So I tend to kind of skip them and just go straight to Chaos Theory, which is my favourite um, and I played the the HD collection on the PS3, and that game is just is still so good. It ha- it has aged slightly, even though that's the HD collection. You can still tell that some of the the textures and everything, and the resolution isn't isn't spectacular. But you know, obviously, we're talking you know it's 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 a 4K world now. We all know that, so it's it's bound to be like that. But it's in terms of the actual the gameplay, and one thing I've always loved about this game is the music because this is actually one of the games it was this and on the 360 when crackdown first came out introduced me to amon tobin who i'd never really heard of until this point but since i played chaos theory who because he did the entire soundtrack for it and crackdown where a couple of his songs were featured on it amon tobin has just become one of my favorite musicians ever i mean is generally if i'm not listening to any any metal he's he's my my guy my go-to guy um and the way that the the music is used in the mix is kind of it's very very subtle and very faint and it it picks up when it needs to but it backs off when it needs to as well and generally it, the game can appreciate when you are trying to be quiet and sneaky because the music would just be ever so slightly there just so that you can pick it up and you can notice that it's there but it's not intrusive so it doesn't distract you and you kind of you find that 
the music is at such a level where it just blends in with the sound effects of the game so you really feel like the music is just integral to you actually concentrating on trying to sneak through the levels and that is something that I just absolutely love because normally in those games it's just it's especially in the later ones where it's quite sort of cinematic and more action based um but in the two previous games the chaos theory it was just basically it's just it's music you know you've got music for when you set off an alarm and you've got music for when you're actively firing at people and whatnot it was the same with pandora tomorrow as well but this one just really nailed that it's kind of like how in burnout 2 where you've you've obviously you've got the music that's driving you forward but when you kind of when you you use the boost it's got that extra riff that comes in underneath it it just gives you that extra edge that makes you feel even more badass than you were feeling before and it's just got that kind of the extra little element to it that just makes you helps with the immersion although it's it's music so obviously it's not you know it, it's all just i don't know it's because it's just a soundtrack it doesn't really feel like it's it, that's the kind of thing it should immerse you because it's generally the sound effects that do that and the way that the sound effects feed into the the world building but for me i find that the music really does help immerse me in the environments and the game it's probably because i've played it so much as well that i just i know exactly where i'm going at all times and so to just have that soundtrack just ever so slightly playing in the background it's just it's a right it's a real joy for me to hear that and then as soon as that the music kicks in i just i know where i am i know what i'm doing and i know that i'm in for a good time so to just go back and, and play that is i absolutely adore that game to pieces i really do it's because this is when i first got into this it was in a period of my life where i was in college but i was i was failing college miserably because i spent all my time getting high um but this was kind of like a, a little sort of Sunday evening ritual for me where I'd have a roast dinner, I'd get, I'd get real incredibly stoned and I'd just sit there in front of my TV. I had like a TV that was in an actual sort of TV unit that had doors that would pull out. And I used to sort of sit there in my, in my little armchair thing, bring my two doors out and so I would be kind of built into the actual unit itself and I'd just sit there and just concentrate on the game and I spent so many hours doing that that it's just it's it's ingrained in the back of my head uh, just being fond memories for me and so every time I play the game I think of those times and it's just it's kind of like going to see an old friend basically it's the, you know it's like we've we've never left each other as soon as I pick that game up I know instantly what I'm doing and I just know that I'm going to enjoy it so yeah but i just i'm i missed that game and i was very disappointed to see that there was no spinner so announced at, at e3 because that's what i'm that's what i i don't want really a new assassin's creed i don't really want a new far cry although far cry 5 does look good but i don't really want it what i want is a new spinner so and you know i'm hoping maybe next year maybe next year they'll announce that but when they do i'll be on that day one um but for the time being there hasn't been a Splinter Cell that has beat Chaos Theory. Blacklist was probably the best one we've had since Chaos Theory, but Double Agent was alright, and Conviction was a bit of a weird one, um, but Double Agent was just, yeah, just not really, it was alright, but not really what I call a Splinter Cell game. Um, and Blacklist was kind of a step in the right direction, um, where they they kind of, they fell into the, the mechanic that they'd brought into uh, I can't remember what Ghost Recon it was. 
at the time I can't remember there was a Ghost Recon that came out around about the same time where they had built this specific sort of um, mechanic for <clears throat> manoeuvring around cover and everything and they kind of they'd taken that and implemented it in they had like an early form of it in Conviction and then they transferred that in its refined form over to Blacklist um, and so that felt pretty cool but it was too action orientated to stand Sam sort of moved too fast whereas I always like Sam to just kind of be slow and plodding because I'd like to take my time and try and be as stealthy as I possibly can be um, and I feel that Sam's pace quickened <clears throat> which leaned more into the action side of it so I mean it was good but so Chaos Theory is just, just the ultimate in, in that series and I absolutely love that game to pieces but that's basically all I've been playing um, recently. I have made a start on something else, but I'm keeping that a secret until I've finished it because I don't really want to talk about it until I've finished it. It's a mobile game, and I don't normally play mobile games, but this one I finally actually managed to make a start in, but I'm not going to get into that until I've finished. So I'm just going to actually um, leave that and come back to that when I've actually finished it so um in the meantime uh dave i don't know did you have anything to add about cinemora or did we cover that earlier on? uh yeah i'll just be super quick about it yeah, um, so we didn't say a whole lot about it yeah yeah uh so so the game yeah it's a shooter um it has a couple unique aspects to it uh there's no like life bar or um like a one hit kill on your uh your your plane since you're flying a plane um what it does is when you're in the level, there's a certain amount of time you have to complete the level. And it has maybe 15 or 20 seconds on the clock when you start. And for every enemy that hits you, the time decreases. But if you shoot an enemy and destroy it, you get more time on the clock. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have also a, a sort of time dilation device equipped in the plane where you can um, slow down time, which you will use to avoid. Um, like a lot of the bullets are for boss battles uh, and that's a limited uh, duration as well uh, you get pickups to increase that uh, the, the the plot itself is pretty simple um, the, for the first half of the game you are a, a, a father of a, a pilot that had um, failed to complete a bombing mission and was executed so you're kind of on this revenge quest and you recruit um, other pilots to help you on the way um, either by them just joining your cause willingly or you sort of blackmailing them into, into helping you do this, this job. So each of the levels is broken down into stages and you'll control a different pilot with um, different, uh, like a, a special move that their plane will have um, for each of the levels. Uh, so that part's neat. And then unlike other shooters, this really hammers home. Um, it, it hinges everything kind of on the story. So during the mission, your pilots are kind of on doing radio communications, and um, in between, there's like little cutscenes, so you'll get quite a bit of dialogue. It's uh, it's all voiced, and um, the developers, um, it's a Hungarian company, so they actually did all of the voice lines in Hungarian, and then just kind of kept it that way, so you get subtitles when you're when you're playing it. But it um, definitely lends a specific feel to it. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier that music is a big draw for me. Um, the composer is uh, Akira Yamaoka, who does uh, a lot of the Silent Hill um, yeah. themes. And it's man. a solid OST. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got but, a lot of love for Akira Yamaoka. A lot of love for him. Yeah, the, uh, the Shadows of the Damned soundtrack is something special. Mm. <laughs> that's, I think that's my favorite Yamaoka soundtrack. 
it's got to be Silent Hill 2 for me. Just, I, that one's great too. Yeah, Silent yeah. Hill 2 is so good. So good. Um, yeah, sorry, Dave, carry on. Yeah, no, um, that that's pretty much it. Uh, it's a it's a crossplay between PS3 and Vita. Um, this was a game, I, I, it came out uh, 2013, I believe, but they just ported it to the Vita maybe last year, maybe a little bit earlier. But, I mean, I... I I've had my Vita, and there's very few games. I, I figured uh, I'd start to, you know, ma- you know, make some use out of it, and uh, I picked this up on sale last week. So I don't know if it's still on sale. Uh, it was maybe I don't know, fifteen bucks or something. Hmm. But it's well worth it. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's a short game. You know, you can probably finish it in a, maybe two or three hours or less. I'm sure less if you know what you're doing. <laughs> hmm. Just I died quite a bit. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, then. Well, I think that wraps us up in terms of actually what we've uh, what we've been playing. So we should get on to the listener feedback. Brian, what was our question this week? Uh, our question this week was, "What are your favorite monsters in games, and why?" And uh, you know, since since we're having Dave on this week, I figured we talk about some monsters. Definitely, definitely. Well, I believe Brian, you are first up. Yes, uh, this is from Mister Church at the Church or the Turk. Uh, we go back and forth on that. I think. Uh, why don't you, you? You should probably just tell us at some yes, point, like w- yeah. which way we should be pronouncing yeah, this. Uh, but they say uh, pretty much every Pokemon. Why? Well, they can be cute, cool, stupid, and weird. Also, they have so much personality behind them. Uh, fully agreed. Does there, does everybody here have a favorite Pokemon? Uh, no. <laughs> right, well, Wooper is great. No, I've I've never really been massively into Pokemon, so. I used to collect the cards years ago, but that was just, you know, during the, the whole hype of the craze and everything. So, I mean, I could probably name you one off the top of my head and just say Zapdos, but other than that, I'm pretty lost. Look at so. this boy. Look at this boy in the chat. Let's have a look. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I know that one. I didn't know that was his <laughs> name. That. I've seen him before, yeah, but I didn't know that was his name. Whooper, whooper rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, how old was I? I was finishing high school probably when pokemon was a thing so that was a it was a little bit under my age yeah rage range yeah yeah i'll take the next one uh this is from michael prane at uh michael underscore prane this is actually quite a good answer i quite like this one as well um this is my fave the monster you play i love games like prototype 2 or the witcher 3 where your power set looks and feels monstrous in nature that is a, a fantastic point actually that's often something that gets overlooked because it's normally the things that you fight not the thing that you are that is brought into question so that is that's a fantastic answer although it, uh, one thing just as a quick aside and this is nothing to downplay your answer at all it's a fantastic answer but when i read that it did make me think of um that line in scream when uh oh, i can't remember when she says um was it what's your favorite scary movie and he says my life for some reason when I read that I just made that kind of, I don't know why it's not even anything related but it doesn't matter um, uh, he also says and of course after I tweeted that I thought of the Mega Man bosses shit I've, I've never played a Mega Man game so what? I Josh yeah I know there's a I've never played a Zelda game either so oh my goodness yeah <laughs> yeah so just what are you uh, doing with your life uh spending it trying to play all the other games i own <laughs> fair point <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
So there you go. I mean, so, uh, have either of you two played any of the Mega Man games? Because please point out any bosses to me that I should be aware of because I haven't got a clue. Yeah, I played uh, oh, a couple of them. Mega Man 2, I think, is my go-to one, though. Yeah, so I've never I, played I, them. I like myself a chill penguin from Mega Man X. <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> See, yeah, so you're, all, you're just speaking Greek to me now. I haven't got a clue on about it. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's a chill penguin for you. In the chat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can get behind that. That's a pretty cool looking thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, it's to my shame that I've never played one. I can, I can uh, actually, I can, I think I can hear Stephen actually shouting at me now because I know he, he quite likes his Mega, <laughs> his Mega Man. So I'm probably going to get in the next from him. Sorry, Stephen. Um, I'll get around to it eventually, just like everything else. Um, yeah, please th- play Mega Man X, Josh. Oh, if nothing uh, else. Uh, I will. Add it to the never-ending backlog of stuff that <laughs> I, don't know, I might have to pass on to my kids if I ever have any. <laughs> um, Dave, can you take the next one, please? Yeah, this is from uh, Jade Give Two Rides at Dexterm Pepper. Um, is that one of the Chomp Chain guys? Yeah, there's Dylan from Chomp Chain, yeah. Um, says uh, the floor master from Ocarina. The first time I slashed at one and split into three little guys, I wanted to crawl under my bed and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disembodied hands were pretty terrifying. Yeah, so again, not played it, so unfortunately I can't comment on that. Can't comment on that. I mean, Zelda is one that I, just, I don't think I'll ever play a Zelda game, to be honest, but Mega Man, I could probably be actually get around to doing that but Zelda's definitely not going to happen so I'm just going to have to take your word for it Dylan I'm afraid I'm just going to have to take your word for it um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian could you take the next one please yes this is from the Lord of Likes at Night Twitten uh, Cameron Swarbrick uh, and he says mimics and dragons mimic dragons why not? both of those are pretty dope yeah why not I believe he's actually over here in the UK at the moment so he's oh is all... he yes yeah that's so... right he was he was tweeting about how he's traveling yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's uh, in, the, in the discord on a little uh, school vacay yeah. yes yes so uh, I'm not entirely sure what he's up to over here or, or where he's planning to go but yeah so he's over here at the moment um, so hopefully you enjoy your time over here um, I'll take the next one this is from friend of us all uh, at Neo Loki 55 uh, he said my favourite monster is Ludwig gruesome yet sympathetic plus it's a badass fight with a great song it, it raises a fair point I don't think any of us can argue with that really you know I, uh, I, I one shot Ludwig beat him my very first try and that was oh you're that guy aren't you you're just okay, yeah, you can, that guy you can go in that corner over there yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, oh, in fact man. the only boss of the DLC that I died to was Maria I beat all of the rest of them on my first try. God, some, uh, what, what cycle were you on? Uh, a new game. Okay, yeah, I I don't know. I, I went into that on new game plus at, at least it was uh, it was a slog, and I think I was probably under leveled. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> as a, as a serious question, how how does it feel actually being good at these games? How does it feel? Um, does, it, does it feel good? Because I'm really. I, I mean, I'm really it's whatever. Not. I'm I'm really not good at these games, <laughs> so it was just interesting to get like a perspective from somebody who's on the other side of the fence who is actually really good at them because I suck. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm really good at them. I think I probably got lucky for a lot of it. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, because so. I, I died a lot in the levels, it's not like I didn't die in the levels. I just like I was in the zone for the bosses, I guess. 
<laughs> I just suck at these games. I love them to pieces, but I just suck at them. Um, I'm all right at Bloodborne, to be fair. I'm not too bad at Bloodborne, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was that guy for Neo. I probably three attempts or less for almost every boss. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. See, you managed to do that, and yet I'm sitting there just trying to figure out like how to upgrade weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still haven't figured out yet, because that game is too complicated for its own good. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the menus too, so... Yeah, yeah, there's just uh, too many systems in that game. Good game, but it's just too many systems. Um, uh, Neo Lucky also said, in general, Mind Flayers, because they live in my closet. Oh, and D&D plus Demon Souls 3-3. Yeah, uh, Mind Flayers rule. Um, I'm actually I'm listening to Critical Role, which is a D and D podcast with the uh, it's 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 a stream, but they just they just finally started putting it on podcast. It's um a bunch of voice actors do it, uh, like Laura Bailey and Matthew Mercer is the DM, uh, and there's a bunch of other people, like a bunch of like famous video game voice actors, mm. uh, and they were just I'm, I I've got a friend that like is really into it, and she's like been telling me to to watch it for a long time, but it's not a it wasn't a podcast, so I wasn't listening to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they are they are like in their in their campaign and the part that I'm listening to they're in the underdark and like there were like very clear signs that there was an illithid or uh, mind flare uh, mm. around and so I was just like texting her being like there's totally an illithid there's totally an illithid there's totally an illithid and she was like I'm not gonna say anything and then there was an illithid and I was really happy that I knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Oh, um. Dave, could you take the next oh, one, please? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so we get uh, Dan at uh, Global Mega Dude. Um, the abstract daddy in Silent Hill 2. It's a gross, misshapen mess of a creature, and the story behind its existence is equally as tragic mm-hmm. uh, as every monster in that game is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that game is absolutely horrific to play. I mean, I, I love it to pieces. It's just, it's one of, in my opinion, one of the best games ever made um yeah super solid great soundtrack yeah. on that one too yeah oh it's fantastic just yeah 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 it's absolute <laughs> finest i mean, I can't remember who it was there was somebody i want to say it was maybe rav florence who said it once who said that playing silent hill 2 is kind of like um, battling with cancer because it, it it kind of it wants to kind of get to you it wants to kill you essentially it wants to get under your skin and destroy you from the inside out it's that oppressive of a game that it just it really gets underneath your skin and in your head and it just really plays with you I know it did me genuinely terrified me and that's one of the only times I could say that about a game is it genuinely terrified me but he said it was kind of like a, a cancer to play where it was just kind of eat away at you throughout the course of you playing it which i thought was quite an interesting perspective on it because it when when you do play Silent hill 2 it really does feel very oppressive and i mean it, it's brilliant for that but yeah what i get i gotta play that at some point i haven't played that game for years so good um brian could you take the next one please uh yes i can this is from uh agon of astora at agon of astora on twitter uh, and he says, the witches in Left 4 Dead, whenever they appeared, always sent a shiver down my spine. Also, pretty much any boss in Darkest Dungeon. Uh, I've never been real big into Left 4 Dead. Like, I played a little bit of it, so I, do, I can't, uh, can't, gosh, uh, what's the word? I can't. Relate to it? Relate. relate. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't relate to that as much, but man, the bosses in Darkest Dungeon are creepy looking. 
Yeah, so the, I haven't. I'm similar with Darkest Dungeon. I've only played about twenty minutes of it, so I can't relate to that. But I have. I played a lot of Left 4 Dead, um, which is why I now I can't play of it anymore because I'm sick to death of it. Because um, I played so <laughs> much of it back when it first came out. But uh, yeah, the I do remember around about that time the witches the witches being real creepy, and then after a period of time they kind of they do kind of lose the sting when it's just basically ah whatever it's a shooter, um, but. Yeah, um, so I can't speak to Darkest Dungeon, but there you go. Again, I'll get around to it. I, 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 that should be a Dark <laughs> Inside on, drinking Josh. game. Yeah, it should Play be a Dark Inside drinking game. <laughs> get around to it. Yeah, yeah. just have a shot every time I say I'll get around to playing it at some point. Just take a shot. If we did that for every time any one of us said that, like everybody that listened to this podcast would be dead. Yeah, pretty much. I think so. <laughs> I think we'd have a lot of blood on our hands, and I'm not prepared to take that level of responsibility. Uh, so. That's just yeah, one episode. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I probably said it more this episode than I have in the past sort of three episodes I've been on. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'll say the next one. Uh, this is from Diana at Angel No Moon, who said, Shadow Men and Ico. Uh, when playing blind, you never know where they'll appear, and you don't know what they are really after. Again, this is another one. I'll get round to it. I am currently eyeing it up <laughs> on on eBay um, to line it up with Shadow of the Colossus, just so I can own that pair. And then, to me, I feel like if I get that and add the Lost Guardian to it, which I do own anyway, it's kind of like that little sort of trilogy, which would be very pleasing to me. Um, but yeah, again, it's another one. I'll get round to it. So when I do get round to it, I'll be able to fully appreciate where you're coming from. But yeah, I mean, I don't. Have either of you played it? I'm guessing you probably have because it's it's yes. quite old now. Yeah, yeah, it's it, uh, it, it, yeah, it's been years yeah. and years since I played it. But I loved that game when I was younger. Same. I played it when it came out. Yeah, renting it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, are these as horrible as as it sounds? They they are pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of just show up out of nowhere and just charge at you and whoa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, I'll get around to it. Um, Dave, can you take the next one, please? Yeah, this one's from John Gamble at Ninety Nine Dexterity, our uh, good buddy. Yes. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> "I'm a huge fan." of Horizon Zero Dawn's Thunderjaw. The first time encountering one is such a surreal moment uh, as it's on the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So is this a big like T-Rex? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a saber tooth, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it takes a lot to, uh, to take it down, really. You've got to really sort of plan out your attack and use every weapon that you have at your disposal. I mean, I've only encountered a couple because I haven't played too much of it, but... Um, yeah, I do remember the first time I encountered one of them, and it was very much one of those. I'm just going to run over here for a second and calculate <laughs> my options. <laughs> this, this thing does look pretty dope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. It looks awesome. Um, there's a couple of enemies in that game actually where um, you really do need to think about what you're going to do, but you also kind of need to experiment because you don't really, unless you experiment, you're not really going to know how to approach these things when you see them out in the wild so you've got to kind of just see and it tells you like in the menu what their weaknesses are anyway if some of them don't have weaknesses but it does tell you what their weaknesses are so you can kind of take that as being like a foundation point and then just sort of build on top of that to try and plan out your attacks and whatnot so yeah that's really good um i believe there there was another one that you had yeah there's a 
A little bit more there, he says, and of course, mimics wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, everybody knows my feelings about prey. I I don't really find those enemies scary or even very interesting. But hey, you know, different strokes for different folks. So there you go. Who am I to tell you what you should and should not find scary? <laughs> and I, uh, I'll uh, I guess I'll throw a little uh, plug and date this episode a little further. Um, Monster to Monster will be doing an episode on Mimics uh, next week. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. That sounds pretty cool. Um, speaking of which, we have a co-host who's written in a, um, a response. Brian, could you take this last one, please? Where did it go? Oh, for oh, co-host of Monster to Monster. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did, did like Cliff or somebody sneak in a sneak in a comment? No, that's my uh, job. No, uh, yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah, that is your job. <laughs> um, this is from Amazing Baron Badger and Ninja Badger Seven, uh, co-host of Monster to Your Monster, mm-hmm. uh, and he says the regenerators from Resident Evil Four, creepy and seem impossible to deal with. Arguably the perfect type of monster. And then the smiley, the smiling sunglasses emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so those are pretty pretty creepy. Yeah, that that is a a very valid point. I remember those things being, yeah, just terrifying, really. Yeah, I mean, the Resi Four is one of those games is just this classic, absolute classic. Um, yeah, what an incredible game that is. Um, well, that's all the feedback we got. So thank you very much to everybody who actually. We should, uh, we should answer this question ourselves as well. Oh, did we not answer ourselves? Oh, we didn't. Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll let you. I'll let you guys take it first. Um, Dave, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about this uh, this question this week. Um, I'll say, uh, have you guys played uh, the uh, Faxanadu on the NES? Oh gosh, it's been years no. and years since yeah. I played that. I mean, yes. it, it came out in like '88 or '89. Um, that was one of the first games I got on the Nintendo, and there are the, the enemies you fight are a variety of monsters but they're all dwarves um and i remember at the time I, I, you get this image of elves and dwarves and uh they just did not fit i'm like dwarves why is it like some sort of meat meat ball with spikes on it and other <laughs> gargoyle looking things and you're just this is just not jiving um w- within the game they you know go to explain that an evil has like in transformed all the dwarves into monsters but i think just on first impression um it was just such a jarring image you know between the concept of dwarf and this creature so uh i'd uh, i go with those guys hmm. no i've never played that I've, i don't think even think i've heard of it so it's like a castlevania like a metroidvania kind of game all right yeah i might have been mentioned in sort of previous conversations but yeah, I've, I've never played it. You say we came out what eighty nine. I was born in eighty nine, so <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, just a little bit younger. Um, Brian, what about you? Uh, so I've got two answers to this. Uh, the first, the first thing that popped in my head was uh, so the, the people keep saying mimics, and I actually expected a lot of our a lot of our listeners to say mimics, so I was glad that a few of them did. Mm. Um, specifically, though, the mimics from Dark Souls two, uh, the mm. ones that like walk on all fours. Mm. like something about that animation just like really gets to me and it's like so creepy and weird looking mm. so yeah. like th- those those mimics great so I, that uh exorcist vibe eh? yeah yeah a little I bit f- of the, the weird crab walk i've forgotten they're even a thing 
when they mentioned mimics just now i was thinking of prey because that was the most sort of recent thing with mimics in it but oh, you were <laughs> thinking of the classic mimic yeah the classic yeah. treasure chest mimic yeah i completely forgotten about that because it's been <laughs> i played prey recently but i haven't played a souls game for quite a while now so i haven't actually experienced <clears throat> any souls mimics so i completely forgotten about that Bloody yeah, hell. those 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 are good mimics. Oh, uh, and then also, so as you guys as as you guys know, as I make abundantly clear, I'm a big Monster Hunter fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about the the monsters that I really enjoyed hunting in uh, in the recent games, and the cover monster, the like the 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 major monster from Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, is this thing called Gormagala, who is like this like crazy like black purple void dragon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a picture of him in the show in the in the chat so you guys can look at him. Oh, um, right. And the thing, so so I mean all the all the hunts have their own little quirks, but specifically what Gormagala does is he has this thing where he can give you the frenzy virus, and the frenzy virus uh, basically it it does a couple of mechanical things that I that I won't get super deep into, uh, but the way you overcome the frenzy virus is by attack. It basically like forces you to attack and be more reckless with your actions. Uh, so that you can overcome the virus, and then when you overcome the virus, you get a you get a power like a damage boost. And so I really like like how thematically that's like the frenzy virus does negative things to you, but also forces you to be more reckless, so that that the negative effects can have more of an effect on you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then if you can overcome that, you, then you become more powerful because you've you've like pushed through the virus and gotten like gotten mm. a a second wind basically. Mm. So it plays into the whole risk reward thing. Yeah. yeah. So Gormagala. Really cool looking monster, uh, super fun to fight. Yeah, he's I've, cool uh, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've, fought, I've fought him way too many times. <laughs> too bad uh, that couldn't have been the Bloodborne Frenzy. Yeah, right. That would have been way better. <laughs> oh yeah, the best mechanic ever made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. you, Josh? Um, you I was thinking specifically uh, the Necromorphs in Dead Space. I love, oh, yes. yeah, I love those things. Particularly just like the the standard, the common ones you get, just because they look so cool. Um, yeah, but there's some really good sort of monster design in in those games. And well, I'd say the first two anyway. And I'd also say uh, Pyramid Head as well, just because of the, I don't know, the kind of the the sexual undertones that's going on with with that character and the way that he's animated and the. The actual the sword being quite sort of the, a large sort of phallic symbol and everything. I just love everything about him, and I think that just I don't know, it's just a masterclass at how to create just this mysterious enemy that just you can often hear him, but you can't see him, and that to just sort of walk out of a room into a corridor where you can hear that sword being dragged along the floor, but you can't see him. Just really. Oh, it just, it just makes me want to sit in a cardboard box in a corner and cry when I hear that. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's got to be probably my definitive answer, which is Pyramid Head. There, he's just what, what an absolute masterclass of just enemy design. Fantastic. Um, yeah, but so that that wraps us up for the feedback and yeah. for the show. So, thank you to everybody who got in contact with us once again. So, you done us proud as you always do so thank you very much for getting in contact it's it's really good to see the community engaging with us and you know we always get some fantastic answers you know some genuinely sort of serious ones and then you get some funny ones as well so it's, it's always a good variety and that's good to see so thank you very much for that um so we'll she'll wrap things up now um dave thank you very much for cam- coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure to have you make your debut on the show 
Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem, Soon. There's always a seat for you here. You're always welcome on. Um, Absolutely. Definitely. Um, is yeah. there anything... Uh, I'll extend you guys the same... Uh, same. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pop on to Monster to Monster or get into some uh, fun kung fu movies with uh, me and Vader. Mm. I definitely intend to come on Monster to Monster at some point. Because I reckon... Yeah, so not, to, uh, not, not to spoil too much, but Dave may be on another podcast that I host at some point. <laughs> mm, I wonder what that could cars. be. <laughs> yeah well just speaking of which Dave would you like to go ahead and plug your two shows yeah um, you can find us on uh, we're on um, iTunes so just search uh, Monster Dear Monster or Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast lovely and where can people find you on the internet should they wish to find uh, you you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, sentient underscore plus fantastic and Brian where can Indeed. people find you uh, I am on Twitter at WadeBrianR. Fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter at MorbidBeard. Uh, I've mainly been moaning about the weather was this week. Hopefully that will change. <laughs> Hopefully things will pick up and you know, I'll actually be slightly more sort of upbeat. But it's, just been, it's been an arduous week. So, um, yeah, but so thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear and you like what we do and you like the kind of conversations we have, um, please feel free to find us on any of your podcast apps that you happen to use to actually listen to them and to, you know give us a, a like and subscribe and the same goes for um brian's shows and uh both of dave's shows as well you know, be sure to search them out and uh, brian i don't think you actually mentioned where can people find your other show i didn't i didn't want to i i, I don't want to fall in the the hole of plugging it every week but since you asked uh it is expanded universe it's a star wars legends book club and you can find it on Twitter at LukeCast. That's Luke with eight U's. Mm-hmm. Or you can just go to the website, which is expandeduniverse.online. Mm-hmm. So, well, you never know when you, you're going to get new listeners. So if this is somebody's new, like, newest episode to actually come into, then they might want to go and just check you out. So that would be worth just a quick sort of shout out in your direction. Um, yeah, but so you can find this show and all the links to our sort of, um host pages and guest pages on darkinside.net um you, know, you can get hold of our twitters from there and then you can come and follow us on twitter and whatnot and come have a chat with us about all the lovely lovely games that are coming out soon or not coming out soon or games already out or games that we haven't played yet or are likely to not play for the next i don't know about 40 odd years um yeah but is, <laughs> thank you every, everyone for listening and we shall see you next week for a new episode and see you later goodbye goodbye